You're listening to Leveling Up, where we'll show you how to win at the game of life and business. It's time to power up your skills through life gamification with your host, Eric Sue. Okay, everyone, I'm very excited to have Chase Jarvis today, who is the founder and CEO of Creative Live, which he's been operating for a while. And he's got a whole bunch of other things going on, just released a new book. Um, but Creative Live, look, it's a learning platform for creators and entrepreneurs. And the goal is to really take a, and, and Chase can actually correct me on this if he wants, but from what I read online, at least, the goal is to take a fresh approach to education and um, really help, you know, visionaries, leaders, and professionals who are doing the work really get access to all this and, you know, many other human beings around the world as well. He's also, Founded some other businesses, Best Camera and Chase Jarvis Inc., a photographer, a director, artist, and entrepreneur. I've seen his stuff a couple times, some of the interviews that he's done in the past with, I believe, uh, Tim Ferriss and Ramit Sethi. So, Chase, first and foremost, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm well. Thanks for having me on the show, Eric. Congrats on your success, man. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for being here. So, yeah, I mean, tell us a little bit about, I kind of gave like some bullet points, but kind of who is Chase Jarvis? What is your story? <laughs> So sum up 40-something years into a 10-second soundbite. That's quite easy, actually. Chase is a guy, I don't know, I hate to refer myself. I am a person, <laughs> is passionate about both finding for myself and helping others find the things that they're supposed to be doing in life. And I think there's, uh, we get a lot of maps that are sold to us throughout culture from parents and teachers and counselors and peers. And and it's my belief that we have all of the things that we need inside of us to not just find a success in life, be it monetary, a freedom or whatever your measure is, but also fulfillment. And I couch most of that in creativity because I think we're as humans, we're creating machines. And I've been on a personal journey, both in dropping everything that everybody else wanted for me from bailing on medical school and professional soccer and a, and a PhD in philosophy to becoming a photographer, to starting businesses, apps and build, building tools for creators and entrepreneurs worldwide. One of which you mentioned uh, is Creative Live, where more than 10 million students come to learn from the likes of Richard Branson and Tim Ferriss or Brene Brown, et cetera, around creativity, entrepreneurship and pursuing your passion in life. That's awesome. Actually, you touched upon something that I didn't know about. So I forgot who said this. Maybe it's it's Mark Cuban or maybe it's Bill Gates or Elon Musk. But, you know, I think one of them talked about how philosophy is probably one of the most important things that you can learn, at least for the future. So do you think that's helped you in, in, in any way? I mean, I guess going through a PhD or dropping out, but still you've learned a lot, right? So people often ask, like, hey, do you use your degree? And first of all, I'm not an advocate that everyone needs to go to college. So to get that on the table, I think is important. But for those of you who do or for have, you know, it's often like, well, did you put your your school to work? First of all, we're all always putting our school to work because that's not knowledge that we put in our backpack or our skull or our head or our heart, however you think about it for the next chapter of life. Specifically, philosophy has been really helpful because what philosophy, it's a love of wisdom. It's a love of knowledge. And ultimately, you know, creating a framework for how to think about something rather than what to think. It, it's basically critical thinking skills. So I use my my philosophy experience every single day. And, and, and I think oftentimes creativity is thought to be opposite of or radically different than or on the other side of the coin of creativity and, and say rationality or critical thought. And I think I'm I'm a living example and I'm trying to be that example for others that no, 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 this is you can do all of these things at the same time. And in fact, that's the most potent tool set that we can combine in order to pursue the living and the life that we want for ourselves. 
right? Do you have, I think it's super important to be a, a critical thinking and also deep thinking as well, but do you have anything on Creative Live right now that surrounds philosophy? And if not, do you have any resources that you recommend for people? Sure. There's a lot of philosophy baked into Creative Live. And the way we think about it is just in all those soft skills, emotional intelligence, body language, public speaking, presentation skills, the ability to, you know, the class, there's a class from the guys from Stanford, the, you know, how to design your life. My book, Creative Calling, is a class on Creative Live. And this, that's very philosophical in nature. And, you know, I think one of the things that we've strived to do at Creative Live and where philosophy, I think, fails down from, falls down from a cultural standpoint is, you know, philosophy. You think of <laughs> names like Plato and Heidegger mm. and Nietzsche and all that stuff is, I can tell you from having read the, the original texts in, in sometimes in foreign languages, it's not accessible at all. And what we really want is someone to help us understand in a modern context, the essence of these philosophies and and the essence of critical thought, but in a, in a contemporary environment. So that's what we've, the lens that we've tried to deliver at creative live and, and in my, my book, creative calling, obviously I bring all of my experience to bear. And a lot of that is that philosophical stuff, but, but again, contextualizing it, you do not have to wear a beret and move to Paris and smoke the cigarette to be <laughs> why philosophical or certainly not to, you don't have to do any of that to be creative. It's all natural gifts. And it's about finding those things that are inside us and listening to the compass that we were all given at birth around what we're supposed to be doing with whom and why. Love it. I want to come back to the book in a second. I do want to talk about, uh, I guess, Creative Live is the kind of the quote unquote main business. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. That's, you know, more than 10 million students learn photography, design, filmmaking, entrepreneurship, emotional intelligence. And it's it's venture backed. We're more than 10 years in, giving away billions and billions of minutes of free video learning with, you know, people like Renee, Tim and, and Ramit and Brene and other other people that you mentioned and I mentioned on the on the call here already. So got it. Yeah, it's, it's uh, that's the as an entrepreneur, I've got my hands in a lot of things and have used that disparate and varied myriad interest to drive my curiosity. But if you sort of asked what the, the stake in the ground is probably without a doubt, creative live. Right. That's awesome. So you said over 10 million students, billions of hours, I guess, uh, how do you guys make money? Sure. Just like any learning platform, you can mm -hmm. buy a class to learn from one of those folks that we've named across the variety of those disciplines or what's increasingly the most popular route is to subscribe where you get access to, you know, to more than 10,000 hours of video learning just with a, a single monthly monthly fee. So it's a online primarily video and I'd say 99% of it is video, but we also mm -hmm. have 3000 articles and a handful of successful and popular podcasts. So it's a community of, like-minded learners who understand that creativity is the new literacy and that building a business and that what were previously seen as quote soft skills are really critical and essential for success in any in any field. Love it. And of the 10 million students, how roughly and you could just give a range if, if you want, roughly how many you think are paying? We don't share that information publicly, but know that there are enough people paying to make it a successful event. Uh, Venture-backed business, you know, we raised about $60 million from absolutely top, top-tier venture folks like Greylock Ventures, you know, one of the top five firms in the history of venture capital, mm -hmm. social capital, Sir Richard Branson, oh, nice. others. So, yeah. it, you know, you don't get into that club by just kicking the can down the road. The bar, the bar is pretty high, and I'm 
you know, I, well, I don't love the venture model. I'm proud of what we've been able to to do with that support and the community we've been able to grow. And that that's know, super interesting, people. Chase. You know why? Because you mentioned Greylock and you mentioned social capital. Because I, I used to lead marketing at a company called Treehouse, which is backed by those two companies too. Different kind of, I, I guess things are going differently right now. We'll just put it that way. So, yep. what do you think has led to? I, I look at it as almost, you know, it's been a success story the whole time. Because I think I followed you for probably over seven to seven plus years or so, and you've built an audience as well, right? So, why do you think you guys have been successful versus these other online platforms? Well, I think a couple of things. One, the a lot of success in any field and certainly as a human, you know, any field with, with business or an organization, but you can also look at this through the lens of a human is in knowing who you are, what your values are and what you stand for. And I think a lot of the companies that find their way, it's never linear or direct. It's often up and down and zigzagging. And, and even the ones that, that you read about in the papers every day as being wildly successful. They were oftentimes within a quarter inch of their death, you know, (laughs) or without creating success. And while we don't really over index on those things, I think that is what cultivates character and strength and just awareness, self-awareness, you know, whether that's organizationally or, or individually. And that is ultimately one of the biggest definers because, in order to create something of meaning and value, this is also true at an individual level and an organizational level, you sort of have to be willing to be misunderstood for long periods of time. If, you know, that's a, a quote from Jeff Bezos and people mm-hmm. didn't understand Amazon for a decade and everyone accused them of just lighting money on fire yeah. and who cares about books. And then it was, oh, who cares about books and music? And then who cares about books and music and kitchen supplies? And then who cares? And now it's obviously it's, it's nearly ubiquitous. So I think the knowing who you are is not something that we train in our culture. The people who find success and fulfillment or create it for themselves, rather, we think that's sort of whimsical or a one-off. And it turns out that there's actually a formula for doing that. There's a, a pattern that I've you know deconstructed in, in my book, Creative Calling, the successes and my own personal successes and failures. And it just so happens that if you do that with anyone, with a Richard Branson or you know, Sarah Blakely, anyone who's created business or, or success for themselves, they've done it through a really repeatable system. And that system, it is often largely oriented to knowing who you are, knowing what you stand for, what you're willing to do and what you're not willing to do. And folks that are usually sidelined or, or miss the boat of fulfillment or success do so because they're living somebody else's dream. They're, they're pursuing something that somebody else wanted them pursue, to pursue rather than the thing that they knew to be true for themselves and to their heart. And so, you know, both me personally and I think Creative Live, our journeys are not linear. They're marred with scars and blood and sweat and tears, but it's in finding out who we are through that process and continuing to be willing to be misunderstood and to create whatever it is you're trying to create with intention and meeting, even in the face of adversity, that is to me what makes builds character a and, and makes success and importantly fulfillment for everybody involved. So long-term approach, right? Yeah, certainly long-term approach. And it is very much about, you know, we're, we're taught to ignore intuition. We weigh over index on rational thought and science is pretty clear. It turns out that rational thought is slow and laden with biases and, It's only when we use sort of our head and our heart and all of our faculties 
you know, if you, I distill that into the word intuition, that's all of those things. It's not any one part of it, or certainly not the most whimsical part of it. But if you use all of your faculties and that is listening to that voice inside you, even when it says something different than everybody else around you and being willing to, to move forward with that, you know, that what's truly true for you or what your instincts or your hunch or your gut, all those words are good words. That is part of what separates success from failure and fulfillment from lack thereof. Love it. All right. One more question before we get, I want to go a little deeper on the book, but I'm looking at your social media. You're about four or 5,000 on Twitter and then about 100K on Instagram and you got a bunch on YouTube as well. So I first saw you through video first, right? I guess my question would be, how have you guys grown as a business? Is it because of the content that you've been putting out or what's been working for you really well consistently? I think there's two things. One, you can't ever, it's hard to shirk. You can't really walk away from the fact that you just have to continue to put quality out in the world. That's what ultimately cuts through the the noise, right? Just a really strong, consistent signal. And we've been doing it for 10 years. You know, me personally, I, I, was taking people um, behind the scenes on my photo shoots with Apple and Nike and, you know, so many of the world's best brands starting in 2005 when the term behind the scenes video didn't even exist. And people thought that I was radical and I had death threats because I was revealing the secrets of the photography industry and all this BS. But ultimately, it's been, you know, for me and for Creative Live and I think for all of your favorite creators. It's about consistently putting out good stuff, whatever it is, the stuff that you're, you know, trying to, trying to help people see in the world. And for us, it's been, you know, me personally, it's been my creative journey and the creative journey that's possible for anyone and for creative live, very similarly, trying to make a, not just a living, but a living and a life doing what you love around creativity and entrepreneurship. So we, have, you know, of course, made use of the social platforms. And that's part of what helped us create, you know, the success that we have had to date. Overall, I think community is something that's radically misunderstood. We'll get to the book in a second, but it's arranged into four parts around an acronym IDEA, I-D-E-A. I is for imagine what's possible. D is for designing a set of behaviors and a system to get to that thing that you've imagined E is for executing against that vision. And then A is amplify. And what we've done great at Creative Live and what's, I think, helped us grow is creating a community around the things that you love and around your work community that both helps champion that work and provides value and insight and contributes to whatever it is you're trying to build. And for the people who, I mean, I'm sure there's someone and lots of us have, have done this. You, you work really hard on something, anything. It can be a, a, a presentation for your boss at work. It can be a, a poem, a sonata, an online video, a business. And you put everything you have into this, this thing and then you put it out in the world and then crickets like tumbleweeds, right? <laughs> Nothing, no right. response. And what people believe or what we're sold in our culture is that great work rises to the top. What is it? The cream, you know, cream rises to the top. And if, if you just do good work, it will get noticed. And really, that's just, you couldn't be further from the truth. Like great work done in a dark basement, not shared is going to stay in that dark basement. So what separates the success from lack of success is hugely attributable to community. And, you know, the, the A in, in that idea framework is for how to amplify your work. And, and that has everything to do about joining and participating in other communities and about creating a community around your work. So that's been a huge, 
huge lever for Creative Live to get together with, you know, tens of millions of like-minded creators and share, learn, and, you know, contribute to one another's work and, and to the community. Love it. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think especially the design, uh, from what I've seen, the design and developer community, they are very, they're super, super engaging, more than kind of what I've seen with other communities. So I guess definitely take a look at what Chase is doing just kind of across the board, because I think he does community, right? So the book, the book Creative Calling right here, I'm looking at the website, you got Richard Branson talk about it, Debbie Millman, you got Damon John, Jimmy Cheen from Free Solo. Why do a book? Because I, I think you've done, you've done books in the past, correct? This is my third book, but it's my first book of words. The other ones have been, been photo books. Okay. So a book of words, what made you decide to do a book of words? Oh, God, Eric, I tried so hard not to make it be a book. I really <laughs> I really thought of like, maybe I can make it, you know, an online, a bunch of online videos or a documentary or, and this is just because, you know, words aren't my primary medium, but the reality is that this has been brewing inside me for a lifetime and specifically for five years. And I've been writing it for two. And when you start working with the material and, and the material that I'm, that we're talking about here about, you know, finding your true North, your compass, what you're supposed to be doing versus what everybody tells you to do and how to actually manifest that in your life. These are things we're not given instruction manuals for. My wife was a public school teacher for forever. Creativity is thought to be equal to art when what we really know now is that creativity is this thing that we're all given at birth and that it's the superpower for human beings. And these ideas are just complex enough and required just enough sort of uh, coming at it from a couple different angles that I knew it had to be a book despite my <laughs> – my wanting to take the shortcut. So, you know, I worked for, for years and I'm very, very happy with it. It became an, an instant uh, bestseller the first week it came out. And I think it's because it's time. It's, it's you know, the, the gatekeepers between where you are and where you want to be are largely gone. Information is moving faster now than ever before. And what we know to be true is that it's the riskiest time in the world to play it safe. And yet these are things that we're not taught in our culture. So I figured it, it, I know just enough to be dangerous and through my own experiences and the experiences of my peers and friends and mentors that I've already mentioned on the call and, and through interviewing them and collaborating with them over years and decades, I figured out just enough to, I feel like, package this and help people understand it. And again, lo and behold, uh, I think the you know, the sales and the the conversation in pop culture right now around the book and around creativity and and our ability to design and make the life that we love is the proof point. Cool. So correct me if I'm wrong. Is it the goal here to help people manifest their creativity to unlock their full potential? Yeah. And it's it's also a subset of that is like you're taught that creativity equals art. And then if you're not painting or drawing or or, you know, cooking, whatever, that you're not creative. And that is absolutely false. The book is built on three very fundamental principles. One, that every person's creative. And two, that creativity is a muscle, just like any other muscle, the more you use it, the stronger it gets. So if you follow point one and point two, then point three is really obvious that it's through acknowledging this creativity and creating in small daily ways through habits and through intention. It's only then that you can actually create the living and the life that you want for yourself. So it's creativity is this sort of superpower 
And it both makes that creativity very, very accessible and understandable. And if you were a person right now, is like, oh, I don't think of myself as creative or I was taught that I wasn't or I'm more analytical. Like that's absolutely fine. That's all underneath the umbrella of creativity. But what are the special skills that you bring to bear that you can manifest your ideas in the world? And how do you use that to, you know, empower your, your own life and the, ultimately the lives of, you know, those around you because a rising tide floats all the boats. So, you know, the book is very, it's, it's a little bit of a Trojan horse, right? You think creative calling, it's not again about painting and art, although it, it will supercharge all of those endeavors. The book is really that we all have creativity and we all have callings in life and we're largely taught to ignore those. We're taught to go be a doctor or a lawyer or, a, you know, something that makes a lot of money or yeah. whatever versus understanding who we are, pursuing those things. And that when you are doing those things that are in line with your head and your heart, that that is when you're at your best. And that that is in part what makes a, a successful and importantly, a fulfilled life. Great. And people can get this book online, Amazon, Apple Books. Yep. Everywhere books are sold, all of the places you mentioned, local bookstores, BNN, Apple, uh, Amazon. And I'd love for you to pick up a copy of the book and leave a review. You know, I, I read all the v reviews and so far they've, it's been inspiring and exciting. There are a bunch of communities developing around the book. And of course, you know, in my own personal social circles online and in real life and on tours and events and whatnot. And, and obviously at creative live. All right. Two more questions from my side. So what is one favorite book that's not yours? Ooh, God, that's like saying, I'm glad you said one and not favorite. Cause this whole superlative thing always paralyzes me. <laughs> Make me like pull out a, a, you know, my favorite book. That's just brutal. Let's see a book that I find to be powerful. I'm going to try and go wildly unexpected here. What's something that's not going to be on people's radars right now? The Crossroads of Should and Must from L. Luna. E-L-L-E-L-U-N-A. And it's a beautifully illustrated book from a friend of mine, L. Luna. She was a designer. She you know created products like, you know, early Uber. She was at IDEO, you know, really well-known design firm. Uh, just an amazing, brilliant uh, designer. And it's a, a simple but profound book around the intersection of these two concepts of, you know, you get what you must have, not what you should have. And, and I encourage you to check out the book, but also, you know, she's got some TED Talks online about it. I could literally name a thousand books that have been influential. And I think there's so much overlap. The dominant books get a lot of the share of voice in our culture. So this is one that might be a little bit more off the beaten path. But in general, I'm, I'm huge fans of a lot of the people that I've mentioned on the, on the podcast. They all uh, here with you today and they, they all have books. It's hard to go wrong. There's so much good information out there. I don't know why you know, more people don't read or even listen to Audible. You know, Audible, we've got books on tape <laughs> yep. is the joke. Obviously, it's not on tape anymore. But like that, the ability to have access to this information, whether it's via podcasts like this or via books, I could name a thousand. Awesome. Cool. Uh, well, that's why we have to have you again, maybe sometime. So how about what's one tool that's really been helping you personally or professionally? So it could be like a Peloton bike or something like that. A tool as in a physical tool? Could be physical or, or an app. Okay. I will point generally to a, an app and I'll, maybe a couple. Point to Calm mm -hmm. and more broadly to mindfulness and meditation. 
I think it sounds trite because it's a it's got a strong presence in popular culture right now, but it's very hard for me to overstate the power of a mindfulness or a meditation practice. And for that reason, I'm going to try and cut through the the just like bzzz around. Oh yeah, meditation, meditation, yep. meditation. It's this is real. <laughs> this is the best things in life are on the other side of fear, on the other side of risk, and one of the only ways that I know to get good at stepping into fear, stepping into risk is is a mind that you are the boss of. You know, this thing in our head, our skull, this is a multi-million-year-old organ. It's not meant to keep you happy or fulfilled. It's meant to keep you alive. And oftentimes our biology is literally negatively biased and is a mechanism for survival. It's constantly scanning the horizon for saber-toothed tigers. And because there are very few, if any, saber-toothed tigers in our culture that are going to eat us, we start to attribute, you know, Instagram likes and, you know, successes or failures in business or in starting a new venture or in creating something and sharing it as a saber-toothed tiger. And it's not. And so if you look at, you know, if you let your mind drive you, then you're missing a huge part of life. And certainly one of the keys that is the success for most people who, who are one of the, the keys for success for so many people who found it is their ability to control their mindset. And even the best athletes in the world, that what separates them from all of the other amazing athletes is largely mindset. So being able to control your mind and quiet it when it needs to be quiet and listen to that inner true voice through apps like Headspace or Calm or just a, a meditation practice, I cannot overstate how valuable it is. You know, you know what's interesting in regards to mindset? I actually scrolled through my Instagram feed probably the other day and you had an Instagram post on stop scrolling through your Instagram feed and then someone said, you know, so says basically someone's trolling you, right? It's like so says so says someone that's hanging out on Instagram right now. And I don't know if it was you or somebody else that responded, but you responded in a very kind of positive way. It's like, haha, you're kind of self-deprecating. Maybe uh, you know, I need to improve on that, right? You didn't try to attack him, but it's it was the way you basically kind of responded so well thanks for that and ultimately like you know i don't go online as a mechanism for trolling or for fighting with other folks to me it's a it's a way to distribute our ideas and connect with others around shared interests and i have to be on instagram and i like to engage in a community but there's definitely a difference between someone who's addicted to scrolling and just taking in information as an excuse for doing something. And those of us who are, even if it's hard sometimes, who are able to control how we use social media, make it work for us rather than the other way around, which is, uh, you know, essentially what I mean about our mind and our mindset. So, you know, just being in charge and being intentional with how you spend your time with who, what you think about, what you allow into your mind, that is a choice in all cases. All right. Final question. So I said two more, but final question here. Which company or founder are you following right now? Ooh, company or founder. I'm close to Sir Richard, so I pay attention closely to the to what he's doing. A lot of stuff around space with Virgin Galactic and Virgin Orbit satellites, you know, covering new areas of the world. I think Elon is obviously phenomenal, whether you hate him or love him. Very few people in our culture have taken the kinds of swings and found that or created rather the success that he's created for not just himself. So those are the sort of obvious icons. I think there's, I would say equally inspired by is 
a new wave of entrepreneurs who aren't aspiring to create a venture-backed, globally scaled business, but the idea of what has historically been called lifestyle businesses or something that the venture community actually turns into hamburger and crushes yeah. kills is is these not something that's aiming to be a great globally scaled business, but just a really good small business. I think that is where most of my inspiration is coming from on a day-to-day basis. A friend of mine, Chris Gillibo, basically indexes those in a, a daily podcast that he has around startups and startups not in the venture capital world, but as in like individual small businesses. So to me, we're on the front edge of an amazing a new horizon where anyone can start a business around an area of passion or interest or curiosity. And in fact, when you do that, not only are you empowering yourself and learning a ton about it, but you're also contributing meaningfully, not just to the economy, but to the social psychology of what it means to be who you truly are and to pursue the things that you truly you know, want to pursue. All right. That was awesome. So what is the best way, Chase, for people to find you online? That would be, I'm just at Chase Jarvis on all the platforms. I'd encourage you to check out a creative live. Also, that's, you know, just one word on all of the, the channels. And again, if you want to, you know, buy the book right now, to me, that's something I'm really focused on and excited to, to get in the hands of as many people as possible. So, all right, Chase, thanks so much for doing this. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot for having me on the show, Eric, and keep doing what you're doing, man. It's, it's standout. You may have completed this level, but many more bosses await. If you're looking to level up in marketing or business, just go to singlegrain.com forward slash leveling dash up to get access to our individual and team training programs. That's singlegrain.com forward slash leveling dash up.